0: and welcome to Diaries of a Lady Gardener. If you think gardening is cool and would rather take a trip to the garden centre than go out, out, you found the right podcast. But also, you're not in the minority. New research from Draper Tools has revealed that over 80% of young people officially think gardening is cool, mainly because of its benefits for mental health and the environment. Draper Tools is proudly sponsoring this podcast, so why not join me in following them on Instagram, at draper underscore tools. In this episode, I got the pleasure of meeting Faye from Bee Vibe in person. We had such a lovely day together talking about bees and businesses, as well as visiting my allotment. She's so lovely and so knowledgeable. I've learnt loads and I hope that you will too.
1: Hi Faye, how are you? I am very well, thank you. How are you? Yeah, good,
0: thank you. Absolutely buzzing to be talking about the bees with you today. Ah, uh, I had to get a bee pun in there <laughs> straight away. <laughs> I'd like to pretend I haven't been planning it all week, though. But... <laughs> <laughs> no, the more bee puns, the better. <laughs> you have got quite a good dictionary of them, to be
1: fair. Yeah, I've thought about before, like, making a book that would be quite, like, if you're having a bad day, just open <laughs> up your bee pun book and you'll instantly smile.
0: <laughs> oh, that would be amazing. You could call it something like, bee happy. <laughs> There we go. <laughs> get get right in that one. <laughs> um, so I thought we'd start off with um, chatting a little bit about where your interest in the bees began. Okay. Yeah. Well,
1: first of all, thank you so much for inviting me to be on this podcast. Um, my interest in bees. Well, I'm so lucky really to have been brought up in North Devon. So I always had a very keen interest in nature. Um, and exploring. We had the moors very close to us, the beach. Um, but really, I would say the interest in bees sparked from the beginning of the business, which was um, being in- inspired by this spontaneous encounter with a tired bee whilst on holiday. Um, and then really from there, like that experience and the feeling of saving a bee led me into researching more about bees um, and you know their importance and actually how how severely they're in decline and that shocked me and then my interest in bees just like grew and grew and grow speed so yeah that's I
0: guess where it started that sounds brilliant um so you crowdfunded to start your business can we talk a little bit about how that came about yeah so
1: Kind of going back a bit on what I just touched on, for those of you who don't know um, a little bit about our story. So we were on holiday in Cornwall um, for my birthday and we were travelling through a small town and found a tired bumblebee on the floor and she was moving very slowly, like, in small circles and we waited with her for quite a while uh, and looked for flowers nearby that we could possibly carry her to. There was none around uh, and Jake, my partner, spotted a cafe. And um, so, yeah rolled her up rolled her sleeves up and carried her to this little cafe and asked the lady if she had some sugar water and I waited outside with the bee and at first she looked at him a bit like <laughs> what <laughs> uh, but when we just like explained like it's just a bit of sugar and water we're going to mix it on the spoon and see if it could help um the bee move and have a bit more energy and and it did and so we were all outside on the <laughs> on this um stone wall and and um she took off and you're we like the feeling. She came almost in like a back circle, like a thank you, and off she went. Um, and it was just such a good feeling. And when we got to go in the car to drive home, Jake was like, "Can you drive? Can you drive? I wanna, I wanna see if something like this is out there, like for us to carry around with us." And it just, just didn't exist. And um, so we went home, and you know, after a few months of research. And we sat down and we were like, okay, right, where, where are we going to begin? So we used our our own money to invest in Prototype. And uh, our friends and family were like, we want one, we want one, like, let, you know, see how it goes. So we took to Crowdfunder for two reasons, really. First one being the funding, but the second being like, okay, so we really love these and we're really interested in saving them. But are other people, you know, do they understand the concept? Would they like to carry this key ring with them? Um, and, and the response was just overwhelming, like just so grateful from all those people that supported us from day one. They really got hold of it and backed us and, and yeah, and within, God, it was, I think it was like 24 days we successfully launched. So yeah, (laughs) that's very exciting. (laughs) It was, it was. So that was July, 2018. Um, which I can't believe I'm saying,
0: but um, (laughs) yeah, no, it was really good. Mm -hmm. And so now your product line includes the bee key rings, amazing backpacks. uh, And have you got a bee hotel on there as well? Yeah. So the key ring kind of, was our starting product
1: as to spotting a tired bee and to be able to save it in an in an emergency, mm-hmm. um, and then we were trying to think around like what are other big impacts on bees and and why are they in decline? And one of those was you know loss of habitat. So the bee hotel was the next product that we started developing, which was aimed towards solitary bees and and looking after them and providing like a safe space in your garden to mm-hmm. sh- for them to shelter um, and. You know, make nests and lay their eggs, and actually, this time of year is amazing. Like, all of our community members are sending in videos and photos of all their tubes getting (laughs) blocked up, which is just so fun to see. So, yeah, that was kind of the second, but the backpacks paired with the seed balls and the, you know, the wax wraps and things are targeted really at like growing for bees, but also taking adventures. So, like, you know, we all know how great it is, like gout and connect with nature. Mm-hmm. And those products were kind of inspired by that. Like if we were to spend more time outside, um, that we would start to develop. Yeah. It's good for the soul, but also to start to think more about wildlife and how we can protect them in our own gardens. And, um, yeah, yeah. So that's kind of where, where they led that was the idea behind that, really. <laughs> it sounds like quite an adventure in itself. <laughs> it, it definitely has been. Yeah, it definitely has been, but a, a, a fun adventure. And I think challenges are all part of that, really.
0: So Definitely. And you spoke a little bit about the solitary bees there. Can you talk about a little bit about the different types of bees that we have? So the solitary bees are obviously the ones that sort of block up the tubes in bee houses. But are there other types that you can spot in your gardens and while you're out and about?
1: Yeah, yeah. So there are three main types of bees in the UK. Um, Bumblebees, Mm -hmm. they're the fuzzy, fuzzy, lovely ones. And you're probably likely to see one of the big eight um, in your gardens or your local parks. Uh, And then you have honeybees, which are probably the most known bee. Mm -hmm. And they are the bees that collect pollen and nectar and take it back to their hives to make honey. And they are the most social bee Mm -hmm. of all the bees because they visit like... I think it's at 2,000 flowers a day, up wow. to. Yeah, so um they're very social. And then the third type is the solitary bee. So as the name suggests, they are lonely bees. So <laughs> they typically travel alone, um, not that far away from each other, but they don't live in hives and colonies like bumblebees and honeybees. And that's why the Bee Hotel, you know, they do play a role in helping um, to create new habitat for those solitary bees that are struggling to find places to, to to live because you know there's there's a really scary fact out there that since the 1930s we've lost um 97% of our wildflower meadows in the UK wow i mean that it's this huge um so we need to replace that somehow and by putting up these more modern designed you know, bee hotels and maintaining them properly, we, we can we can help help save them and help them repopulate for the next life cycle
0: Mm -hmm. and touching on the bee hotels maintenance and sort of is there specific places that they should and shouldn't be put like what kind of activities do we need to do to make sure that we're maintaining them so that the bees can enjoy them
1: yeah yeah it's a really good point actually because installing your bee hotel successfully and maintaining it is is really vital because it's it's a man-made thing so it isn't just one of those. Oh, it's nature. Let it be there. We do need to have some responsibility over it. Mm-hmm. And I tend to say to my community, uh, like, don't just like install it and like leave it. You know, we we do need to take care. So I have a bit of a checklist. We call like the bee hotel checklist. And the main points, whatever bee hotel you have, is that it needs to be south slash southeast facing. So essentially, or wherever in your garden, as the sun rises. Um, it will shine on the bee hotel mm-hmm. and this is for two main reasons number one and um, that it keeps your hotel dry so it stops like fungal infections and and things like that but also bees love warmth so it's so, the sun rises and they know it's time to get up it's time to wake up and um that that you know that is in itself helps another Like really big point on the checklist is making sure it's a metre high from the ground. Mm -hmm. So this is just so that unwanted predators can't get in. But also if you have like plants nearby that they don't block up the tunnels, Mm -hmm. because if the if the bee can't see the hotel and it's not in like a prominent position, it, it won't the solitary bees won't know it's there. Um, and then another one really is is planting for bees, which I highly encourage anyway, whether you have a bee hotel or not. But as, essentially it's their breakfast. They need to, when they wake up, you know have that really nearby food source so they can quickly grab their energy and and carry on pollinating the planet at the same time.
0: So there's my three my three <laughs> top tips for you today. <laughs> Thank you for those. Um, and talking about plants. Is there specific plants that we should be looking to plant or flowers that are maybe not quite so good for the bees? Oh, wow. Yes, that's a
1: big... Gardening for bees is such a huge topic. Mm -hmm. Um, And I would say, like, starting off simple and not being too overwhelmed is really great. And that's how I started, really. Um, So planting... I mean, there's so many great wildflower mixes out there. And the idea is to get a variety of plants that bloom at different times of the year, mm-hmm. so we can provide food from, you know, the spring, summer, all the way through to autumn, winter, and um, not that they just all pop up in the garden at the same time. But I would say plants like lavender are fantastic. The bees love them. Um, I also like loads of herbs in my garden, so chives and marjoram. And the chives uh, at the moment look amazing with their little flowers. Oh, they do! Flowers. I know, I know. I mean, they mm. only flower for like certain times of year. Mm. Um, but it's great because it's like this. I feel there. You really. F- see the life cycle with it because they love the chives but then you are eating it and the connection between the two helps you understand like wow so bees have this much of an important role in our food production um but yeah oh gosh I could probably go on all day about (laughs) what garden plants but I would say to start if you're a starter to gardening getting a wildflower mix is a really great idea And we um, use seed balls because they're so easy to use. So they're miniature balls and inside contains multiple seeds, but the clay, the compost, and even the chili (laughs) (laughs) um, to help deter the slugs. And you just pop them in the soil like 10 centimetres apart with a bit of water and they'll just bloom and they look fantastic when they do. And it just takes the pressure, I think, sometimes away from you. Um, and, and they also sell like individual i guess if you love oxide daisies you mm-hmm. know they that you can buy them separately and add to your wildflower patch but yeah any space is good enough even if it's one by one or a balcony <laughs> well,
0: that's gonna be my next question actually <laughs> yeah. is there like a sort of minimum recommended space i think mines maybe like one meter by one meter which doesn't seem to be that big but i guess better than nothing <laughs> yeah yeah definitely i mean I get
1: ask these questions quite a lot by people who live in cities Mm -hmm. because they feel the pressure of, like, I don't have that outside space. Can I do anything? And I just think anything is better than nothing and even if it is just like your windowsill you'll be amazed how far bees fly like my sister lives in like basically the center of london on the 18th floor and we were sat out having breakfast and a couple of bumblebees stopped by to say hi oh wow that's yeah that's how far they can climb and that's um, when they get there what's there for them mm-hmm. so i would say anywhere but like you i would agree with what you said if you can have that one by one meter patch in your garden um, and it's amazing what wildlife you can create in that in that small in that small patch. You know, you'll see bees and butterflies and and all and all sorts. And you can look outside your window and feel proud. Definitely,
0: <laughs> or be proud. <laughs> <laughs> um, and my insect hotel, my bee hotel, is yes. actually more of an insect hotel. So okay, yeah. It probably is about a meter high. I only built it a few weeks ago. Oh, that's a biggie. Yeah, <laughs> but my idea was that the bottom would be sort of for the lower insects and then the top would be for the bees. Is that okay to have or is it better to have one that is specifically designated for the bees? I think
1: um, that, so it's like a bee bug hotel kind of style. Yeah, yeah. so I think splitting it off and trying to create a divide is best mm-hmm. um, in terms of like if you have all your bricks at the bottom and your pine cones and your straw. But solitary bees won't use those kind of materials. Mm-hmm. They will only use the bamboo tubes and the stems. So I would say, yeah, perfect. You know, having the stems up the top mm-hmm. and the other things down the bottom. Because if you think about it in actual wildlife, they're all entwined together. Yeah, so and true. And it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to happen. Um, obviously what we can do to prevent parasites and you know any like nasties that we don't want happening to the bees is really important and and kind of not getting rid of them but just making it as hard as possible for the parasite to survive Mm -hmm. versus the bee but I just think any you know the positive steps towards doing what you've done and maintaining it as well every year and you know every now and again just like checking up on it Mm -hmm. um it's great for you because you get to see the action, definitely, <laughs> but also spot anything that you might need to, you know, look at and move around and you definitely learn as you go. I was sure. just about to say,
0: I think that that's given me lots of advice on, <laughs> Yeah, we've still got about half the hotel to fill, but it's split into different floors. Yeah. So I'm definitely thinking about how I can rejig those bits so that the more bee-friendly parts are at the top and then the sort of pine cones and bits and pieces are at the bottom. And for the bees specifically, what kind of materials other than um, bamboo canes can we look to incorporate? Uh, well, really, it, it, it,
1: they they live in hollow stems, mm-hmm. so anything like that is great. So avoiding, though, plastic where possible because condensation can happen. I mean, I don't know if you've seen our stories recently, but we have mason bees in our hose Yes. In our hose box. So we now can't use our hose <laughs> because we don't want to disrupt them. Um but essentially like a plastic isn't the greatest place for them to be and I won't disrupt their nest now they're there. Mm-hmm. But it can have condensation which creates fungal and then it can kill the bees so they might not ever hatch um coincidentally. But wood is pro- like bamboo and make sure it's thoroughly dry is really important. Mm-hmm. So in our DIY hotel guide that we kind of put together for families, you can go and forage your own um, hollow stems. And it's it's one of those things where you think, oh, no, like, there'll be none of them, like, round where mm-hmm. I live. But when you start looking, they're just everywhere. Yeah. Um, so just making sure you take them home and dry them out is really important. And having, like, a different range of diameters. So, like, you know, between those that 2 and 10 millimeter is is really important because all the different solitary bees I mean there's over 200 different species of them so they're all different sizes they need all those different um you know size holes to climb into but that's predominantly the main material I would
0: recommend mm-hmm. perfect yes. I think I definitely need to incorporate some more of those because there's only quite a small section of those in there uh, in the i ribbon. help yeah <laughs> <laughs> we'll go foraging definitely <laughs> um and so you were talking about the fact that the bees are, there are a lot of threats to bees, such as the decline of the wildflower meadows. Why is it so important that we do what we can to help them with things like building our own insect um, bee hotels and creating our wildflower patches? Yeah, it's, it's really important that we
1: help them. Oh my gosh, where do you even start with that? <laughs> well, like, you know, they, they provide one in every three bites of food we eat. You know, they're responsible for so many nutritious foods that, you know, could you live without your avocado on toast? <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, or your almonds or, you know, all these delicious foods. And it is their job you know to to do that they do it accidentally and so if that's not a reason to to start planting for them then I, I then I kind of don't know what it is. but they're so enjoyable to have around mm-hmm. and they really do create a buzz in your garden and um yeah so I, it is really important but there are also other things that we can do like in, not just doing extra but perhaps taking away so you know not using pesticides in your garden is so so important as one of the biggest mm-hmm. threats to bees and also you know using peat-free compost yes again like you're not depleting um the peatlands and and that's great just in sustainability all around
0: um so so yeah there's just a few for you so Faye do you have any advice for people who are scared of the bees I know a lot of people when they come and visit my allotment they're, not the biggest fans because they think that they're gonna get stung or that the bees are just gonna come in their face <laughs> yeah in fact this is funny because I get this a lot when
1: I go into schools like oh, the children okay. are like but what about the sting mm-hmm. um and I completely understand like it is the the fear of getting stung because obviously it hurts mm-hmm. is is scary and I know a lot of people have fears around it I particularly don't However, you know, when I was young, I was very tempted to swat. Yes, (laughs) but the best thing you can do is just be really still. Mm -hmm. You know, stay calm. They can like you know they almost like sense the panic, Mm -hmm. and so the calmer you are, and if you remove yourself really slowly away from the situation, then you should be okay. Mm -hmm. And. um, it's not the same for wasps. <laughs> so for bees, like this is you know that that is the main one and it, it's the honeybees that are the most aggressive because they have something to protect. Mm-hmm. Uh, with solitary bees because they don't have that store of honey, they are so non non-aggressive and you would have to get in their face and almost you know purposely be disrupting them for them to retaliate. Um, They don't want to sting you. So if
0: that, I hope that's helpful for someone to know that the bees are on your side. (laughs) Definitely. And it's interesting you've mentioned wasps because I'm sure that when I did, I did like a little beekeeping one day taster session. Yeah. And they were talking about how the wasps are actually quite important pollinators as well. Yes, they are. Yeah, that everything has
1: its role to play. Mm-hmm. And I don't know particularly about a lot about wasps, but one if you do, thing I do think I know is that they are pollinators as well as butterflies. Oh really. So yeah, yeah, they're just not as effective as bees mm-hmm. because bees go so fast and they land on so many different varieties of plants. But they each are important, yeah, for
0: sure. Definitely. Everything has its place. Yes. And I think sometimes we need to remember that we're actually in their spaces rather than that they're in ours. Yeah, and look at the size of us compared to them. Yeah. (laughs) Like, no wonder it's intimidating if you're flapping your arms around. Definitely. (laughs) They must be absolutely terrified. It's like a plane crashing into us. (laughs) Yeah, exactly, exactly.
1: So, yeah, if that helps you to know that they are, um, it's just a defence mechanism, it's
0: nothing against you. (laughs) Definitely. I remember as a kid... I once stood on a bee and I'm pretty sure if you ask my mum, she said that I screamed and she thought I'd broken my leg or been stabbed. Oh, gosh. Um, But the sting went right into the bottom of my foot and it was still in there as I was running around screaming. But then... I realised that the bee had died, and I felt so guilty. Oh,
1: bless you. Well, the palm of your foot is, like, a very sensitive area anyway, isn't it? So I can
0: imagine. I luckily haven't sat on a bee, but that sounds painful. (laughs) Do you know what? I was probably only about six or seven at the time, and it still feels like it was just yesterday. (laughs) Haunted. (laughs) But that is the only bad experience I've ever had with a bee, and it it was me running around on the lawn with no shoes on. (laughs) probably tired it's probably having a rest like hey (laughs) thanks for that (laughs) poor thing i thought it'd be nice if we could talk a little bit about your garden because you live in a new build so it'd be good to hear about what you have done to sort of create your outside space yeah so
1: we moved into our new build about four years ago now and i had no idea that when you bought like a brand new house it didn't come with um grass See, so like we were—I st- just remember being like going to visit and being like, "What's all this? Just like mud here? Like it was literally <laughs> a mud bit." And we were like, "Wow, we're gonna have a lot of work to do." Mm. And it has—it's taken gradual steps of literally from the beginning, laying turf, uh, down to putting up a deck so that we could enjoy being outside in the evening, and making borders for plants has been re- been really fun. And um, I think it's like put so much pressure on myself because I wanted to, you know, have my own vegetables and have my own herb patch. But the reality of it was is there was so much water retention in our garden that we weren't able to grow very much veg, unfortunately. And it's a small space, so we can't do it. But it's always possible to create what you can. And Mm -hmm. so we got some... um, really old palettes and like painted them up and made our own little like herb box and it, it's it's brilliant it's really good fun and I know that I can do it so it's like yes this is maintainable and Definitely. I you get a, you know like you get used to feel good feeling from it anyway so please don't be disencouraged if your space isn't particularly large or the situation that you have isn't ideal it's just making the most of what you can and just being just being proud of it and sitting and taking yeah, pat, pat
0: yourself on the back. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely, and I think there's so much you can do with a small, a small space, whether it's, like, planting up things in little pots or, like you were saying about the window boxes on flats with no gardens. There is loads that you can do. It's just about getting a little bit more creative, really. It is, it is. And sometimes you have this idea about, like, growing, like,
1: out but we can also grow up mm-hmm. like we don't have to cut, you know, the, the space can also go up. So I've just recently um, planted a honeysuckle. Oh. Admittedly, it wasn't from seed because <laughs> I wanted to give it a good head start. And it's just amazing, like it's growing everywhere and the butterflies and bees are going to love me for it so I can't wait to see it bloom this year.
0: Amazing, they add so much more interest into the garden as well yes. with like the height as well as those kind of like lower ground cover plants.
1: Yeah, exactly, exactly and um,
0: and it just, yeah, it covers the fence up. <laughs> so there we go. <laughs> Have you had any garden fails that you'd like to talk about? in doing up your garden oh dear well yeah the one that first rings to mind is the
1: lupins (laughs) um and just they were so glorious but I just did had no idea how much the slugs would attack them Mm -hmm. and I was not prepared enough let's just put it that way (laughs) so um this year I've invested in some slug rings to save the last one that I had <laughs> and it's it's growing back it's got like three sprouts now which Amazing. I'm really proud of and Jake laughs at me because they're like so small but I'm like <laughs> it's you know I'm just a savior um so yeah they've been that's been that was my biggest fail is just you you fail very
0: fast don't mm-hmm. you gardening and you're like okay well I definitely won't do that again <laughs> definitely and I think that the slugs is just an ongoing battle yeah I've got this Beautiful two little perennial kale plants that were sent to me by a friend, and I planted them out, and they looked glorious. And then I went back the next day, and they had been absolutely devoured, and I could see the fat little slugs still sat on the ground. And so (laughs) I've been trying a few different bits and pieces, but I haven't tried the copper rings. Did you find that they work? Yeah, they work really well. I've had success on mine.
1: So you can't obviously cover every single flat like plant with a Mm. copper ring. Like it's not... It's not sustainable to do that around your whole garden, especially if you have a large area. Yeah. So I've just put mine around the most likely plants to be eaten, mm-hmm. and the ones I guess wanted to like try and save you that I've invested a lot of time into. <laughs> oh
0: my poor things.
1: But they've they've been they've worked really well. But I have I've had so many recommendations. Like I saw you collected your eggshells. Yes. <laughs> do you use them for slugs? I haven't
0: yet, but okay. I've been doing so much baking in the last few weeks that I was like right. I am definitely going to start collecting these up, and then I saw, <clears throat> I saw on someone else's Instagram story that they baked them in the oven for ten minutes to like get, get rid of it. any residue. So, yeah, because apparently that kind of tra- attract slugs if you kind of like leave them a little bit damp. So, I've just baked a batch up, and I think probably this weekend I will be taking those out and making little. Some little eggshell art to keep the slugs away.
1: Um, Yeah, so I'm literally doing the same, but I've not (coughs) got a collection as great as yours yet. But I'm going to dry it off Mm -hmm. and um, have a go myself. But otherwise, wool pellets and things and, you Mm -hmm. know, natural remedies instead and there's some great blogs out there to have a look at to you know even spraying soap water and things like that instead
0: of you know going for the good old oh, slug spray yeah <laughs> no definitely want to stay away from those pesticides the other thing that I found that works really well which is just like the eggshells is um shell on earth because oh. it is absolutely beautiful it's like crushed welk shells and I have it on loads of my house plants um but I did it on a few beds in the first year that I was growing and it made such a difference. I guess because it's that kind of like crunchy, rough um, texture, they just don't really like it. And I yeah. found that the wood chip definitely helps because I've got wood chip around all of my beds. But I think that the slugs that are already in the bed, Have they can't really get out and go anywhere because the wood chip is stopping them from relocating so I think that I've kind of created them a little home that they can no longer leave <laughs> oh no oh well that's a good tip actually I'll have to get the link from you for that because I've had yeah, all sorts
1: like um dried out coffee granules mm-hmm. unfortunately I don't drink coffee so I can't do that one but <laughs> I'm definitely gonna try the eggshells and I shall try um the other method as well so
0: yeah we'll lots take the <laughs> slug battle <laughs> one slug at a time <laughs> lots of hints and tips for that one but I just think out of all of the things, I love everything in the garden. I don't even mind the spiders. But the slugs and the snails are just the end of me. <laughs> they are, because like, you put so much time in. But, um,
1: yeah, they, they still amaze me. I'm like, how would you get that far? Like, they're know. so small. And Leo loves them. He's, like, fascinated by them. He goes and puts his nose up really close. I'm like, do not eat that.
0: Ooh. <laughs> I can't even imagine. Grim. Um, so we're on to a few of the questions that we've asked every podcast guest. Okay. Um, what is your favourite flower? So mine is uh, an oxide daisy. Which is also one of my favourite flowers. <laughs> I know,
1: how amazing is that? I'm really buzzing about that. Yeah, I just love them. I love the contrast in colour. They're really easy to grow. They come back every year and um, seeing the bee land on them and the just yeah, making a great photo, and um, but also another one has to be the sunflower. Yes, yes, mostly because it reminds me of my granddad. Oh, but also when you're a child and you know you're at school and they give you a project to do and you grow a sunflower and it's a huge achievement. Definitely. And then um,
0: obviously the bees love them, so mm. it's always a it's a win-win there. I was quite surprised actually that the bees love the sunflowers because I think in my head. The only, there there isn't any pollen, it's just the seeds. But actually when you look at them in the summer, there is quite a lot for them to sort of like indulge on. And then if you leave the seed heads once the flowers have sort of passed their best it's great for the birds as well yes they are yeah they are so they're great like all rounders mm. I think it's
1: just because they bloom at that one time of year it's such a like they're all suddenly sporadic yeah and then they go again but they all ha- again like everything has its role to play mm-hmm. and um, it's always I don't know if you've ever been to like a sunflower field yes and um I oh, know I need to get there the they're... one at lifton farm oh, is amazing really yeah. really oh, I need to check it out and um, so if you're going to one in Milton Keynes this year oh, one of our stockists yeah owns a patch out there and every year she invites families to go and wow. do a series of activities and and go and explore the sunflower field so I think I'm gonna take a take a trip up and
0: oh, that'll be yeah, amazing enjoy it <laughs> that's my goal is to have like one day I would love to have a sunflower field my sunflower corner this year one of my garden fails which I think I've talked about in another episode but um <laughs> the slugs every single time I go I swear the slugs have eaten more and more and I've planted at this point thousands of seeds thousands of seedlings and there's maybe maybe 10 to 15 that have survived but quite a lot of the time I go and the leaves have been eaten off and it's just the stems and you can see the stems sticking out about 10 centimeters above ground but there is nothing nothing left of them ruthless yeah (laughs) they are brutal (laughs) So we're coming close to the end and time to wrap up, but I would love to hear about any of your future plans for B-Vive and what you might have up your sleeve next.
1: Yeah, I mean, where do I start with my dreams? I have huge visions because mm-hmm. I believe that the more people that are involved in this community, no matter how you are involved, if it is literally, you know, just being a part of our online space or, you know, reading our blogs or sharing on social media, the more of us that are involved, you know, the bigger the impact that we can have. And so like one of the plans in in the future that I'm really holding on to, it won't be anytime soon, is to invest in a in a flower wildflower field
0: but make it kind of
1: like a a farm Mm -hmm. so essentially it'd be somewhere where you could come alone somewhere you could come with your friends or your family but in the center of it being like a cafe so I can't imagine it being very like neat and pristine Mm -hmm. but more of like an educational place so throughout the fields there will be plaques which give facts out that you can all learn together um sit down have a coffee enjoy the smell enjoy the sounds and the buzz And um, attached to that, yeah, just having this educational space where I can invite children in to do workshops um, and even, you know, businesses and engaging with businesses and how they can pass the knowledge on to their employees for who perhaps want or haven't been opened up to this world of pollinators yet. Um, So, yeah, and of course, like a gift shop so I could stock literally all of the amazing (laughs) small independent brands that I've met over the last three years, because honestly, there is you know such a huge variety of awesome businesses out there and so perhaps again that would be a space for them to
0: exhibit and meet and we could all just chat all day. <laughs> sounds like an absolute dream. Yeah come and join me. <laughs> <laughs> I think it sounds amazing as well because you did sort of start off with such an amazing community and that's how you got your business off the ground and then it's just grown from there and it's always so lovely to see everyone's stories and videos that they send in from where they had that same moment that you had that sort of kick-started the whole thing where they've saved a bee and it's just yeah a really amazing thing to see and I think bringing everyone together in that kind of space would just be incredible yeah yeah it would it would be so
1: much fun and like the more I think about it the more I'm driving towards it so it definitely gives us purpose for the future Mm -hmm. um but we're continuously developing you know to make our practices more sustainable um and to look at new materials and new ways of manufacturing and I think that side of things is also really important I mean we're really keen about our plastic free packaging and everything like that but there's always room to grow mm-hmm. and so that's that's really important and just how can we give back to the community even better so by launching the VIB initiative last year it oh, I'd really I wanted to do it for so long and to be in the position where you know so if, for those of you who don't know if you do save a bee and you submit your photo or you know you just contribute in some great amazing way and you feel that we should know about it and um, we award Uh, badges out called vips it's basically a pun on vip (laughs) so very important be viva and the badge is just to really recognize the work that you're doing you know and um yeah just give you like a clap like well done and thank you for supporting us and you are a really valuable member of this community so all of those things i just want to keep carrying on and keep pushing on so i'm very excited
0: for the future I really can't wait to see what you do next. Yay. <laughs> it's been an absolute pleasure to chat with you today. Oh, thank and you. And I can't wait for us to go and visit the allotment. <laughs> yeah,
1: thank you so much. And thank you to everyone listening. I hope that you've enjoyed this chat.
0: Well, I definitely have. I think <laughs> I've forgotten a few times that I'm actually the host, not just listening <laughs> <laughs> to an educational talk. Um, but quickly before we go, where can people find you on
1: social media? Yeah, so you can find us on Instagram or Facebook at bvive um, underscore UK. And we'd love to have you join our community. So and get some VIB badges. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. The more
0: the merrier. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Well, thank you so much, Faye. Thank you. Honestly, I can't believe the amount of times I actually got to be the podcast host in this episode. I was so engrossed in the facts and how I could take it into my own allotment. Faye was absolutely brilliant, and I'm proud to say that I'm now part of the VIB tribe. I'm super excited to see what Beevive have in store for the next few years, so make sure you head over and follow them on Instagram to keep up to date with their adventures at Beevive. If you've enjoyed listening today, please do subscribe to keep up to date with upcoming episodes and leave a review. In the meantime, I'd love to hear any of your questions and stories on Instagram at Diary of a Lady Gardener or via email diaryofaladygardener at gmail.com and this episode wraps up season one thank you so much to everyone who has listened, subscribed, left a review and shared so much lovely feedback with me on Instagram it's been such a pleasure chatting all things plants with these lovely people and I hope to be able to meet them all in real life one day soon until next time happy growing! this podcast has been produced by Jay's World with original audio from Jason Matthews